0: Hello and welcome back to Football Gentrum, the only English-language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I am your host, Adam, and I am joined here by the usual suspects in Chadens, Armen, and Tito. How are you guys doing today? Yes, we're yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're recording this a couple of days after Armenia recorded a very historic win over Romania uh, and are now five games winning in a row eight games undefeated it's in a nutshell it's a very very crazy time for Armenian football and we're very excited to be right in the middle of it but before we get into the match against Romania and get all analytical on you guys uh we have some news Ottoman
1: breaking news so welcome everybody I'm 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 sure everyone is as excited as we are but first breaking news So, yeah, we were talking about Naira Teknizian and Arsene Zahalian that play for Russia under 21. And they are pretty much starters for Russia uh, in the last week's Euro Cup. Actually, both of them started all three games for Russia in the group stage and scored one goal each. By the way, very beautiful goals, both of them. Uh, If you catch the highlights... I strongly suggest you watch the, the goals. And they scored. But sadly, <laughs> actually, they got knocked off uh, from the Euros in on group stage because they did win 4-1 against Iceland right on that Sunday that we beat Iceland in the senior level. But after that game, they just lost it and uh, got defeated 2-0 against France and 3-0 against Denmark. Uh, but uh, actually, our, our boys played great, <laughs> and, and that's what matters to us. Uh, up to a point that actually, rumors are out and about that Serie A clubs, Genoa and Spezia, got news of Tignesian uh, mostly and are after our polyfunctional left back services. Tignesian's contract runs until 2025, basically four years from now. So if those two teams and anyone else who wants Dignesian actually now uh, shouldn't wait too much, like, any further uh, to sign him because he won't become a free agent anytime soon. So there's no point in waiting. Uh, His market value is worth at around 1.5 million euros, which is a lot, especially for a fullback. I'm sure you guys feel the same way, and yeah. it's even it's even higher. It's even got, expected to reach two million by the end of this season. Having played the the under 21 Euros is like a big deal, and it has its impact on value. So speaking about Genoa, they have at least four white players. I am, and by white I mean. Uh, you know, wide midfielders slash fullbacks. Among them is former Chelsea star uh, Spinazzola. And all four of those are going are actually on loan at Genoa. And they will return to the clubs in August. So <laughs> Genoa is pretty much looking for young blood to replace those four white, white players as soon as possible. And that's why they need technician. Uh, Meanwhile, Spezia, on the other hand, got hit hard by COVID. Who hasn't, which team hasn't gotten hit hard by COVID by now? And it's Spezia's turn now, and uh, they basically need Technician to play defensive mid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if he lives CSKA, and this is where things get interesting for us about Technician. If he leaves CSKA on a a permanent move and not alone, that chances are he may leave on a loan. But if he doesn't, you sure could count on him joining the Armenian national team. But I wouldn't hold my breath. As for now, there's a lot more going on and surely more news on Tignisian coming up soon. But before that,
2: before going on to what's next, we have more breaking news, channels. In Bulgarian top flight, youngster Martin Garabedian has been promoted to Lokomotiv uh, Plov, uh, Plovdiv senior squad. That's a good development. The city of the, uh, Plovdiv has, been long, uh, has long been a cradle for Armenian life in the Balkans. And hopefully our boy Martin can break through the starting lineup very soon. And what does that mean? Another Armenian promise for the Federation to take into consideration. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully,
3: we have we <laughs> have so many. Uh, Tito, uh, uh got some. Now. Yeah, <laughs> moving into Armenia uh, under-21 team. The Armenia under-21 team lost a game that was dominating in the last moment. Uh, One-two at home versus Belarus. Armenia looked good. But did not show professionalism when it mattered most. The thunk, the ah, sorry. The good thing <laughs> is that we didn't play with the usual starters. Some came off the bench, some weren't even called up. The positive note: uh, french grown Serhii Titizian's insane free kick and Hungarian Kishvarda defender above Abertisian's debut for Armenian youth teams. Sorry. <laughs> that free
2: kick was amazing.
0: Yeah, if you if you guys haven't seen that free kick, like just search it up on YouTube and watch it. It was sick. It was a fantastic goal. Yeah. And, and uh, I love I love his last name too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh here's just some other news. The Football Federation of Armenia president Armen Melik Bekyan announced today that there will be a new player joining the senior national team in June. Now, we had previously Armen had spoken about Tikhnizyan and uh about the possibility of him leaving CSKA and maybe that may open the door for him to join Armenia. Uh but we do know that uh, apparently an agreement has already been made, and this person does not play in Armenia, so it is a diaspora Armenian <laughs> player. Uh, quickly, guys, do any of you guys have any guesses on who you think it might be? And let's be real here, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if
2: I don't know, if it's
1: like... Tignizian, in my opinion, I'm sorry, Chance, but if it's Tignizian, it will everything will depend on what kind of move he makes. If it's a loan, then it's a no for Tignizian, basically. But if it's a permanent move, a permanent sale cashing in for CSKA, uh, and like a league outside of
0: post-Soviet countries, I'm almost certain that it's going to be Tiknyzian. Well, the way Melik Bekian phrased it is as if, if the deal was already struck, so it's happening no matter what. Yeah, the that means that
2: Tiknyzian's deal would have been happening. Like, yeah. Which doesn't I don't think it, it has. It's difficult.
0: Yeah, so yeah, maybe it is,
3: maybe it's someone else. Um, <laughs> mm. I really hope it is Tiknyzian, because... <laughs> I we'll, think it, we'll it's do. one position that we don't have too much players.
1: So it would be great having and a, a player that is versatile as shit. Like, yeah. He's but, not just a fullback but also a defensive mid. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. But it's um
3: I don't know how to say it. <laughs> he he has uh a pretty good level. He he plays I'd say. at the Russian Premier League, so that's Great level, and we don't have too much players in that position. Uh,
0: I yeah. think
3: that most yeah. uh, left backs are from the Armenian Premier League. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, we played um, Kamo Hovanesyan's been playing a yeah. left back, but we know he's literally a pace merchant. Like there's <laughs> when it comes yeah. to like technical ability, it's I, not there. I know
3: there. Kamo Kamo isn't playing on in Armenia, yeah. but I know that it, most of the yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, our technically yeah. our our starter starting light, uh, left back is Arman Hovanesian, who missed the games due to an injury, and he does play in Armenia as of now. He has had a great uh, spell in Ukraine, but now he's in Armenia.
0: So, um, I, I watched the whole match uh, Russia versus Iceland that day, uh, and I could tell you, I saw Tikhnizan go on several runs on the left he's wing. Amazing. And he was taking on two, three players with like as if he does that every single day of the week. So if we can get him, I would love him. I have
3: some. Oh, I I have an out of context fact about um, (laughs) Tignisian. I watched the Russia against uh, France. uh, Mm. Yeah, the game. That game, and when they were uh, when they put the Russian anthem. Tignesian uh, oh, was and he the other singing. players, yeah, and the other players were. He
1: doesn't sing the Russian anthem. That's true. <laughs> I I remember actually reading the the Russian, you know, the uh, the uh, forums and stuff, and they were pretty angry at Tignisian not singing.
0: Not singing but, the uh, Russian anthem? Or right, was this on yeah. VK?
1: Everywhere it was everywhere, like on Russian Twitter, everywhere. Uh, singing, uh, yeah. The world doesn't stop at tignizian and our options don't either so other options there's got to be other options i would think also georg
0: Najarian from sakte karaganda but uh, for, yeah from what i understand he's played um only in a friendly and it was like 10 minutes so technically he's not tied to them and it was but, it
1: was like forever
0: ago too yeah yes but also i don't know if we i don't know if the federation is going to want to go that route all, I'm not saying he's not a good enough player, but realistically, we need a out-and-out, like, super defensive defensive midfielder because well, Grigorian is, like, at this point, irreplaceable. He is. Uh, so we, he is uh, we need to find he's someone. Actually
1: Udo's, he's actually Udo's partner uh, yeah. at Shakhtar and, like, four
0: years younger than Udo. So it would be amazing. So, uh, look, I'm all for it. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Normally, when uh, the Football Federation announces like this uh it's 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 a it's bigger player yeah it's a bigger player
3: i, I imagine uh, melik bekian thinking now it's going to be a surprise uh Joaquim Bogosian.
0: <laughs> <Joaquin Boros. laughs> no 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 it's going to be he retired. Uh, he yeah retired. I, I know he just retired yeah uh, mauro bring back mauro <laughs> Re-announce. Re- uh he's playing he plays in Peru, right he, i heard he's yeah. balling out
3: yeah but he's playing in a low level team i
0: yeah, his, like, his, his moment is gone. Oh, yeah, of course. All right, well, moving on to current players, uh, we have a few transfer <laughs> rumors. Um, this one is the most recent that came out today. Apparently, uh, Sevilla, the former team of our current manager, Joaquin Caparrós, where he not only managed but was also the sporting director, is reportedly interested in the services of 19-year-old Giray Sharoyan, who made his debut for the Armenian national team against Iceland and then came off the bench at halftime against Romania. Now, a disclaimer, we are yet to find a non-Armenian source to this rumor. However, we can see the likeliness of this because of the aforementioned connection that the Federation has, uh, but we'll keep more tabs on it. Uh, additionally, Varujan Hovanesian. this isn't a rumor, but more of a uh, confirmation, has signed for Rayo Vallecano, and he will be playing for Rayo's B team. Uh, Rayo currently plays in the second division of La Liga, and we're hoping that Varujan can break into the first team and maybe, hopefully, yeah. be a long term good goalkeeping option. We'll see. <laughs> we'll I mean, see what happens. I
2: hope so.
1: Having him sign a contract like a professional contract at such a young age for a great team like rajo is a is a huge deal like he's gonna be waiting for his shot at the first uh, at the senior squad at the first team
0: yes, and we know that he because of conversations that I have had with him, we know that he is determined to represent Armenia. We know that the football federation knows about him he's on the radar. Nice. The, um, from what I understand, and from what I was able to gather, the reason why he hasn't been formally invited is because there was a lack of a professional contract. That's just basically what i am getting.
1: So they uh, didn't really. Are you
0: Are you thinking him? what I'm thinking? I'm th- I think he will be called up for the under 21 very shortly. Oh, uh, I don't know <laughs> okay. about the senior national team. I don't think I don't think yet, but I think maybe get a few runs in with the under 21 team. And very likely we could see him in the senior squad if he does break into the first team at Ryle within the next two years. I one hundred percent can see him being our long term goalkeeping option. Mm. Any any thoughts? Personally,
2: else? I want personally I want like young center backs and young goalkeepers to start yeah. developing. That's personally what I want to see.
0: Uh, yeah, we we have Abo uh, Vavetisian who just played for um, the under 21, so we're hoping he can become something. And of course, if we do get Tikhnizan, that's a left back, so we're talking left back, center back, goalkeeper. Gail Andonian gets back to Liga, and he joins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 my player. You know, what's the situation? Is. Okay, so from what I understand, uh, he he's currently playing in the fourth division in france he doesn't want to play in armenia uh he quit football for like a year to pursue music um (laughs) so i don't know man all i know that's the most bizarre news i've heard in a while all i know is that for once we had a young defender that was starting every game and we were like oh my god finally and then it just literally all went downhill after the managerial change at marseille anyway Moving on, so yeah. let's talk uh, Armenia versus Romania. Now, business. This match not only is historical because of its result, but it also places Armenia at the top of Group J of the FIFA World Cup qualifiers because of other results in the uh, in the group. But I still cannot grasp that. Oh, oh my god! I, oh yeah, we'll we'll get into that one shortly. Uh, but. This is also for us signaling a sort of change in the mentality. and if you know Armenians changing our mentality or the way we think in general is like near impossible. Um, <laughs> Kaparos, we can't we we can't like express enough how important Joaquin Caparos has been to the Armenian national team and how much of a positive effect he's had on armenia and we'll get into some some stuff that he had said uh a, a little bit later after the match but that's just something we want to preface this because uh an interesting quote that we got in the pre-match cre- press conference uh from tigran barsegan kind of summed up that mentality ottoman what did Tiko say and what was he asked
1: well basically like he went straight ahead in a much Ticos style, something that we most of us love about him, uh, he actually said he he was asked what is different with Caparrós. Why is Armenia playing different? Why is Armenia actually winning? And and he's he was like all uh well with the new coach came a new mentality, and we are pretty much confident on ourselves now. That's how simple it is. And, of course, it's much easier said than done, but Caparros got it done. And that's actually not the only thing that Tycho said, you know?
0: Yeah, so Tycho was also asked whether or not um, he knew that Armenia still hadn't beaten Romania in their previous visits. Um, and with, like, the most, like, straight face I've ever <laughs> seen, he, th- he literally just responded, you guys said we didn't, we hadn't beaten Iceland until Sunday either. So it was just like, okay, like, what do, you, what do you what do you mean? Um, and that's the type of confidence that we're saying has been missing. We're not saying Armenians aren't confident people, but we do have a lot of false confidence. <laughs> but I guess yeah, now, yeah, we're frail. We're we're like fragile, easy to break mentally in a, in a sense. So, but nine move really- on. It's match day. The uh full. 23-man squad gets released. We see Eduard Sperzian finally makes the bench. Woo-hoo. Yes. We were very excited well, about that. Vibe. Yeah. Gevo uh, Klazarian and Aman Hovanecian weren't physically fit for the match as we had anticipated, so they were left out of the 23-man squad. Uh And our lineup was pretty much how we had anticipated, or how I anticipated at least, because I'm telling you guys... We're not playing the 4-2-3-1 anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, we're
2: playing 4-4-2, four, four, right? Like, yeah. Four, four, so, uh, Chárens, uh,
0: run us through Armenia's lineup really quick. How did Armenia line up against Romania?
2: Yurchenko, obviously. We had Chalice here back from the previous game. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Haroian, uh, the captain leading the back line, with uh, on the right, Jovane uh, Samparsumyan, and on the left, uh, Kamovanisyan, um, this game, Baremian started uh, on the left mid. Um, in the center, we had Muradian and Grigorian. And, of course, our main MVP, uh, Barcerian, on the right wing. Uh, and the two strikers we had w- uh, were uh, Briasko, Balekian, and Karavedian.
0: Thank you, Charles. Now... Uh, <laughs> Slightly surprising, but not also slightly surprising. Petan gets yeah. his start despite, we know he hasn't been in the best form. But if you really think about it, none of our strikers have been in good form for a while. So, <laughs> well, but it doesn't really matter. But more importantly, and maybe equally as importantly, I should say, uh, Tito, how did the Romanians line up?
3: Uh, they went with a four-two-three-one. 2 three, <laughs> one. I, uh, at goalkeeper, it was Nita. Then... Um, the defenders were Moloz, Chiriches, <laughs> Toshka, and Banku. Uh, on center midfield, there were uh, Stanchu Stan and Marin. Then uh, Mann. Uh, C- oh, good luck <laughs> with this one. <laughs> Cicaldau. Uh, I, I don't know. Chaldu I guess. Chaldu. Chaldu. yeah. So that. Good. The one who scored <laughs> uh, two goals. Yeah. Uh, Maxim
0: and Pushkash uh, as a, the only striker. So, who got a red uh,
2: by the way? Who, yeah,
0: who was the one that got the red card? So uh, yeah. Radoy made s- several changes as he had done similarly in their match against Germany. They had a brand new front four uh, against Germany, so he restored the original starting lineup from the first match, but he had a lot of, plenty of talented options on the bench. As we know, Romania is a very uh, attack-heavy team, and coming into this match, we knew it was going to be a sit-back-and-counter type situation. Yeah, so,
2: we're expecting
3: it. Exactly. I-, I was afraid of Yanis Hadji, but he didn't play. He didn't so. He didn't even
0: play, mm-hmm. which blew my mind, yeah. honestly. Uh, well, that we'll was get weird. In. So in the first half it was it's fair to say Romania dominated Armen we know that Kaparos made some changes at halftime and one of those changes included your uh one of your favorite players Garim Muradian what was the reason that was causing Muradian to not work against Romania I
1: I think that the main reason why Garen Muradian didn't like uh performed the other day is uh, that he was all of all of a sudden starting after like years of not starting for the national team and actually if I'm not mistaken, his last start for the Armenian national team was that awful awful tragic loss five 0 something like that uh, against Romania. Do mm-hmm. you, you guys remember that one? With, uh, in World Cup, in uh, Euro
0: qualifiers, was
1: it? Yeah, that I believe Gael Andonian actually got uh, sent off with a red card, with a yeah. silly red card, when actually things started to go downhill for Gael as well. And that was Gael Muradian's last start, hasn't started since. And really, you could tell he didn't sync with uh, Atak Grigorian. And it was weird, because after... The other day, uh, a great display off the bench against Iceland. You would have thought this guy can play for us and he will fit in the system. Well, he still has to go on some time to adapt to the system.
0: Yeah, it, it, that's that was that was very evident. He didn't. He was visibly uncomfortable. He didn't uh, seem awkward. like. Yeah, his positioning was a little bit off. It didn't seem like he meshed into the game plan as well. Tito, looking at the strike partnership that we had up front of uh, Briasco Balakian and Garabetian, you think a partnership like that would be able to create a lot of goals, except in these three matches that we had had against Liechtenstein, Iceland, and Romania, we haven't scored a single goal from our strikers. In this match in particular, what do you think it was about those two particular forwards playing together that didn't really work? what i
3: saw about uh, the last uh, games that we play is that i think in we are lacking some connection between midfield and strikers and um, we are trying to play uh, uh, from the sides and going to the um, last part of the pitch and kick the ball to the back for a striker to to be in there and just push the ball and every time uh, we make that uh, type of passes and um, there's no striker in there and well maybe against Liechtenstein it was different because there were like more defenders but I didn't see that connection and also it was I don't remember if in previous uh, competitions, uh, Garabedian and Briasco played together, but obviously uh, a new duo uh, mm-hmm. always—it's difficult to to be so uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, connected.
0: Okay, yeah, that, that's fair, and, and I think and I think I agree with that sentiment. It seemed like. Mm-hmm. They just weren't on the same page a lot of the times. There was a lot of misplaced passes, uh, and it was a little bit too reliant on uh, Barchagan and Bayramian to like make the creativity instead of the hold up (laughs) play. Yeah. So the. it's, it's it's fair to say that Romania had the better first half, but one thing that I had noticed uh, throughout watching this, and again, during the second time that I had watched the match, uh, took even more of a note of, was the amount of stop-start this match was. It seemed like the referee was blowing his whistle every five seconds, and that's kind of because <laughs> he was. In the first half alone, there were twelve <laughs> there were 12 fouls in the first half alone, and Armenians were fouled eight times. So the Romanians were clearly playing very physical. Chadence, when you have such a stop-start refereeing and a lot of fouls and a team playing so physical, how do you get your team going out of that?
2: Well, considering that it's Romania, uh, like you said, it's they're tough. They're pushing. They're pushing. They're playing aggressively. They're not letting you uh, attack. They're not letting you create much. Uh, it, you need you need your players to to change up the the game in a way uh create, we had creativity but not enough um but well the the red card instance kind of describes the situation mm-hmm. but uh the players need to really start uh getting creative getting playing differently in order mm-hmm. to open them up and uh, to 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 start exposing them with their weakness and
0: then give, give the result so and i think that also plays it did come it it did come when changes came i know so uh-huh. yeah this kind so of plays they're... into what tito was talking about about the two strikers up top had, weren't on the same page they weren't meshing together so their passes were going wayward so it was a lot of, like, it was there was not really much of a flow and more of a uh, very disruptive 45 minutes. And we suffered because of it. But fortunately, it went into halftime, nil-nil. But at halftime, Joaquin Kaparos, the tactical genius he is, decided to make a triple substitution, something that we hardly ever see. Uh, one, because that was the maximum amount of substitutions up until last year. <laughs> and two... Uh, we are actually pleasantly surprised by the personnel he brought on. So he took off Garen Muradian and brought in Eduard Spetian for his debut. He subbed off both strikers, Karapetian and Briasko Balakian, for Adamian and Shahoyan. And it's safe to say that that made a humongous difference. Right, Anman? Oh, I would
1: say so. <laughs> That's
0: when things got exciting. <laughs> Jesus.
1: I mean... We were talking about how Armenia was lacking creativity on the first half, right? Well, guess what? After halftime, Armenia did get creative, get, get creative. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And much, much of that is actually thanks to, of course, Kaparros and the starlet. And I have to stand up and make my salute. For Eduard Spertian, we have been talking about him for so long now, and man, what it's good
0: an it's opinion. good to know that we're not crazy, right? Like we we talk about some <laughs> of these players, all. and it's really nice to see some sort of like affirmation of all of that in front of our <laughs> eyes. Ross, but,
1: ten minutes, ten minutes it took
0: for Spertian to
1: score his first goal for the Armenian national team. That's cr- I'm, I I'm not sure if. It's him or Eric Bartanian, the uh, shortest goal, uh, for the like, from their debut, the fastest goal.
0: If you're saying like yeah, that, their own fastest the goal, uh, I think Eric Partanian scored within like five or six minutes of coming on. If I remember, Insane. it was that like long, but, it was that like long range shot, right? Yeah, but thinking.
1: that was like a friendly. That was yeah. already on, on in the
0: bag. This was nothing like that. Wow. Yeah. So. W- w- we talk about Eduard Sebraean's ball playing and dribbling abilities and this is something that he displayed beautifully in this match. He just picked I believe he got the picked up the ball in the midfield and he just drove straight through. He, like and no one no I, Romanian, the game. and no Romanian player even put any sort of pressure on him, surprisingly. And he did exactly what he does for Krasnodar, which is literally get to the edge of the box and just shoot. And he it got like one, two deflections, and then off the goalkeeper's gloves, and it went in. And next thing we knew, Armenia were up 1-0. But... The audacity. The audacity on this kid. I know. But <laughs> but it was... Unfortunately, it was, it was short-lived. Uh, Romania began to pile on the pressure a little bit, but not after Armenia had started creating a lot more opportunities. It's not like it just went straight to Romania attacking... Armenia were holding on to the game by the scruff of the neck very well, but some lapses in concentration Mm -hmm. caused what we felt like was going to be our downfall. Tito, we conceded two goals in a span of 10 minutes. Walk us through why you think those goals happened the way that they did. Was it a lack of concentration? Was it dumb luck on the Romanians' end? It was lack of concentration. Probably
3: both. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, I I saw a couple of I don't know uh, mistakes on defense. Uh, yeah. Um, for example, uh, on the second goal, uh, the one that uh, scored uh, entered alone into the box. He okay. he had no one near him, and he just uh, scored because he was. Uh,
1: it was only, on mark, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't marked. It was not pressured. Yeah, his pressured. guy was, his mark was actually Camo and he left like a, a span of a, a body between him yeah, and his mark.
3: How can Camo um, mark someone like that? Yeah. From, uh, I don't know how to say it. He lost focus. Uh, yeah. But. Luckily, that's something that uh, we were talking about previously, mm-hmm. uh, about the the mentality. I think uh, if it was another Armenian national team uh, from the previous years, yeah. uh, those two goals would made us
1: fall apart and <laughs> it would have considered much more. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: It, I think that's after I think V News did in, post match interviews with a couple players. Uh, before they had boarded the bus. One of them was with Artak Grigorian, and he actually brought up that exact point. He said that if this was any other previous Armenian team, he goes, forget it. We would have given up. <laughs> but So it, that that comes to show how far Armenia have gone due to excellent coaching, right?
1: Yeah, and there's actually graphic, literal graphic evidence of uh, this change in mentality we're talking about uh, before even going to the, the what happened next, there's a picture of Caparrós, like a, a video part of the video of him after like we're back on track after Haroyan's equalizer, and he goes like, "Wait, let's keep it together. Don't celebrate. Like it's over yet. Come back. We can even win this." And yeah. I, it's safe to say, we were at least all of us here at Football Genton were on the same page. Like I was literally thinking to myself.
0: Thinking to myself, all right, let's let's get another one. Like it's yeah, we're dominating because we had we also had the man advantage at that point. But exactly, just shifting the focus back to the defense. Chardens, Armenia has been surprisingly doing very well defensively up until Romania's first goal. Armenia hadn't conceded con- con- a goal in over 300 minutes, which for Armenia is a, a very big accomplishment. What you know, do you think? What do you think contributed to conceding two goals in one match? Something that we haven't done since the first game against Macedonia. It
2: it, it was the, I mean, I, to be honest, we're going to concede at some point. Let's be honest, we're yeah. kind of expecting it. Um, so it it was gonna happen either way, but uh. The way the way I, I win, saw yeah? it personally, that it was it was it wasn't exactly communication, but it was more of a structural problem, mm-hmm. um, because the both goals were very similar the way we conceded. Um, so um, we hadn't really conceded since uh, Georgia against Georgia in the Nations League, which was a pre-final game. Mm-hmm. Um, And we won with a score uh, of uh, one, two uh, away. So um, um, we conceded with, in this game, we conceded 10 minutes uh, difference uh, between each other. And they came both from the same wings. So uh, uh, the same wing. So it it started from Hovo's side on the right. And Mm. uh, the pass was almost identical. it was from a different uh, um, position on the field, but it was very identical the way the way it arrived to the player, and uh, the the there was the cross the way the cross went. Uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, there were many players in the box. It was uh, it was really cluttered up. So I, I presume that it wasn't specifically miscommunication, but like I said before, structural problem. So mm-hmm. there was always room for development, of course um it's going to take some time um slowly we'll get there i think
0: yeah and the second goal uh was a free header at the back post uh, somewhere that i yeah. believe kamohova was supposed to have covered at the time but for one reason or, no- or another he didn't notice that the player was coming in behind him making that diagonal run and they just got a free head at goal and of course if that happens nine out of ten times you're going to concede so We know that this isn't something that we should necessarily freak out about because, like you said, we were going to concede a goal at some point. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. just a matter of time. But uh, we know that Kaparos has – and he said, again, in the pre-match press conference that he would rather keep a clean sheet than be able to score a goal. So it's going to come back to maybe – the, it was the third match. The players were tired. Um, there, there's could be a lot of factors that played into it. Anyway, uh,
2: the first, the first one also took some deflection as well. Uh,
0: yeah, it, it was like there was a
2: little bit of confusion. Both, both so actually. It was of clutter. The first one, yeah. uh, The first one
1: got deflected on Vato Araya, and in the second one on Camo. Actually, yeah, yeah but bald head.
3: But the first one mm-hmm. was deflected, and then He uh,
2: it went the yeah. striker. Yeah. It was, it was during ah. the pass, yeah. yeah. Yeah, during the pass,
0: yeah. So, suddenly we find ourselves 2-1 down. Um, but in a very fortunate and unfortunate, in some senses, turn of events, the Romanian striker Puskas gets sent off in the second half for a very, very reckless high boot on our Andre Calisier. Um, Post-match Instagrams, they posted a video showing like it's like velociraptor claws like scratched down yeah, his chest right. that's literally what it looked like uh and it's funny because we saw so many protests on social media after from romanian saying that wasn't a red card which like i don't know what world you live in or if you're blind <laughs> but that was definitely a red card so yeah, it was a stupid it was a red card yeah and it, it was, was insane. He was already on a yellow and the referee went straight for the red card. So normally, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's a second yellow card offense, he would have pulled out the yellow and then pulled out the red. But the Mm -hmm. ref went straight to his back pocket. So it was clearly going to be. It's also a different
2: punishment.
0: Yeah, it's a different punishment. Right. Exactly. So
2: and I was surprised, like how calm the player actually remained. Usually they're always they're always going aggressive on the referee. But this player actually was really calm, to be honest. It was something different.
3: Yeah, because he knew Which he had, good.
1: he
2: fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he knew yeah. he fucked up. There was he no
0: there he, was no way around it.
1: it. So and what we knew I mean, what was I, gonna I be I don't know coming. what crossed his mind though.
0: I don't know either, Armin. That's why we're not <laughs> him. <laughs> anyway. Moving on, <laughs> finally. That's insane. We find ourselves what a man up. We still have a sort of upbeat tempo. We're a goal down, but we still there's a there's a general feeling around that Armenia can still scrap something out of this match. It wasn't until later in the game that we got the equalizer, and it was another assist by Tigran Barsarian. Armen, your captain Vazdat Haroyan scored the equalizing goal. That's, and it was a goal that... It's something we don't necessarily see from Armenia. A center-back pushing up on an attacking play and scoring a very nice sliding volley <laughs> straight through the goalkeeper's hands and there was nothing he can do about it. Um, I When I was watching the game, personally, I didn't even notice that Haroian was there. So, how did that end up happening, Armin? I mean,
1: actually, not... This is... Uh, I beg to differ as to uh not seeing many armenian center backs pushing forward when it when it's needed because of course there's no point in a center back going to the opposing box unless it's a corner uh, under usual circumstances but when you're losing armenian center backs and especially Haroyan we have seen over and over again how if we are trailing he takes full responsibility to go to the opposing box, and even during the usual play, uh, like uh, area play, uh, he just begs for the ball for the ball to to come to the box and score. And uh, funnily enough, not a coincidence. Uh, do you guys remember the three two win against Montenegro a few years ago with uh, Kevork Casarian's late screamer with an actually with an assist from Vato?
0: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and I believe Haroyan scored in that goal uh, in that match as well. That's the thing—he equalized. He scored the two-two, and Same I believe—and I believe in his first ever goal, uh, for Armenia was yeah. also the equalizer in a three-two win. So all three times Haroyan <laughs> scored, Armenia has won three-two. That's a leader. That's actual statistic. Yep, that's a leader, baby. So Armenia equalized. There is approximately two minutes left, or three minutes left rather, and we're looking at. We know there's going to be a few minutes of added time on, and we're thinking, like you said, Onman, we can win this. Um, we saw something in this match that I think we can comfortably say we had never seen in an Armenian football game before, and that was the determination to become not only the better team in that match in those 90 minutes, but the determination to grow as a team. And the youth injection that we had in this game, uh, not only Sperzian, but also Sharoyan, who had his of his yeah. fair share of creativity on the left wing uh, after he was moved. It was a tactical switch by Kaparos. We saw a determination that ultimately ended up bearing some fruit and there was a couple there was a play on the right wing Sako Adamian got the ball he started driving past and he drove a ball to the top of the box right and at the the time that requires vision of course and he knew that there was an oncoming Sperzian who (laughs) got his body in front of the defender drew the foul inside the box referee without any hesitation was right there blows for a penalty, and oh my god, here we are, tied at 2-2, <laughs> and Armina have a, a penalty to potentially win it. Tito, we are very big fans of Tito Barcelona here on this podcast, mm. and we're... we We try to show how much of a talented player he is, and he was able to display that once again in this match with a goal and an assist. But... When it comes down to the situation that we saw in the 90th minute, how did Tico keep his cool to slot in that penalty?
4: Tico, <clears throat> Tico,
0: Tico. First, I want to say that
3: this Bertrand's play was uh, excellent. He, I don't know if it was a penalty, uh, clearly a penalty, but it it was, he, l- letting him f- fall, it's, it was perfect. So yeah. that, that was what the play was uh, asking for i
2: don't know if yeah if
0: yeah i don't think uh, it was
2: penalty but yeah yeah that was what was needed
0: yeah well, he just all he did was get his body in front of the player and if he felt yeah. any sort of contact he was going down you know yeah so that was that, was that was perfect that was that was that's for the for south american way right that's the south american <laughs> where you feel something you fall down right <laughs> no plus yeah.
1: i mean he was fouled I mean, we have to, like, credit where credit's due. He was fouled. It, it wasn't like a mistake from the ref or an optical South American. No, yeah, no, it was position. a foul, yeah. No, but, but maybe he triggered, if triggered he... by his smart positioning. He, if he didn't went down. And... Yeah, if he didn't fall, maybe, yeah. but he did. I mean, not... Yeah, that, that, that's down, why I'm saying. It, it was uh, the perfect play, so, literally yeah. You can blow, like, you can touch him with your pinky, and he will fall because he's literally half our in inside. Like, he's skinny as skinny gets. Like, uh, well, it that, was a foul. Good, but, yeah,
3: it was a penalty. It, it was perfect. Uh, that penalty was, uh, I don't know how to say, uh, the ball uh, in that moment, the ball burns. That's how we say it li- here. Uh, <laughs> That's it's, pressure. It's a lot of pressure. I was afraid that he was going to miss it. Uh, I like <laughs> Tico, but he is kind of a player that... It's... Hot-headed. <laughs> what? Hot-headed.
1: Hot-headed.
0: Yeah. Man.
3: Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know how he did it, uh, because... He also the the run that he did it was kind of slowly paced.
0: It was a walk, bro. It wasn't even a yeah. run. He literally just walked. Beautiful.
3: up. To yeah, it. that's crazy. Uh, if you if you do that, uh, you're a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, which he is. Yeah, of which course. He is. And that's and what we love. Bro. I want to add something about the second goal. By, sure. Yeah. The the goal that no, scored. No, no, no. And it was that he didn't want it to make an assist
0: in that play. Ah, yeah. He wanted to shoot. You think he it was a shot? Shoot. It wasn't a cross? Yeah. It, it yeah, I agree. was clearly a shot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I... You know what? Be, because of the pace that he that the ball came in with, and it didn't have like, a, um, like an arc, you know? You know, whenever it's a pass, it's a cross, there's a sort of arc... Yeah. Type motion that the ball makes. It didn't do that. It was pretty much like a bullet. So I could see where you're yeah,
3: coming Yeah, that's why I'm saying you you don't make a pass that it's that strong. Uh, yeah, yeah, that hard. Yeah. I,
2: th- yeah. I think I think it comes from the rule in uh, futsal as well, uh, where they say run to the second post no matter what. Yeah. Uh, that's what Valastad did. He just yeah. he just ran in and whatever happened, if he got the touch on that, he would score. If he didn't, he didn't
0: yeah and, and, and all, so we were we were like playing like at this super high pace, and I know Chadens you have a a special shout out that you wanted to make to the ball boys that were yep, in the stadium, right? I did,
2: yeah, I actually watched the 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 goal again, and it, it clicked to me how the ball went out and within two seconds, Pyramian <laughs> uh, had the ball in his hands, and he just started playing Obvi- well. Dico didn't really, you know, just take it and start the the. He didn't. He he took his time, Dico, a little bit. But Bayern, he just he just took That's it cool. and he just played on. And I realized the ball boy, and it reminded me of the time um, where it was uh, Tottenham. Uh, a bit, bit, the game between Tottenham and Olympiacos in uh, the Champions League in 2019, Mourinho had just taken over the team. Um, he praised the ball boy. For his quick thinking and helping Serge Aurier to do the throw-in immediately, and mm-hmm. I remember like he just he just he just uh, quickly just gave it to him. They just started the play and scored. Uh, it's, it's these kind of small things yeah. that make a difference in a in a game.
1: That's that's actually part of why, in my opinion, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this to any of you guys, but well, if you wanted to make the remark. But that's, in my opinion, part of why Caparros in the press conference said that uh, this was not just his team's win. This was the, the win of the entire Armenian nation. The fans, uh, the Bull boys, everyone, like, we're on the yeah, same page, 12, finally. Man.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so full-time, the whistle blows. Armenia win 3-2. We are now three games, three points in each game. We're at nine points. We were temporarily at the top of the table because we were the early match of the game. North Macedonia were facing off against Germany, and I believe Iceland was facing off against Liechtenstein. And we thought, okay, you know, Germany's going to be joint top after this. We'll still be in second place because of probably goal difference. Germany is probably going to score more goals than us. But um, that's not how things actually panned out, <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> North Macedonia got a shock 2-1 win in Germany in Duisburg which if i recall correctly uh Macedonian footy on twitter actually pointed out before the match that ger- the uh, Germany has lost the most national team home games in Duisburg so uh, I mean, maybe they should just consider stop playing there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the, a historic win for Macedonia, and suddenly Macedonia is, is in second place. We're in first place. Germany's third. Romania's fourth. Iceland is fifth. Liechtenstein is sixth. And then everyone in the world of football is going like, what the hell is going on in Group J? <laughs> yeah. Who I, are I these
2: think... people with red, blue, and orange flag? <laughs>
3: I think we were lucky because of the first matches that we played. Yeah. Because of course, we didn't face against Germany uh, mm-hmm. yet. But um, I think that the home games against Macedonia, Romania and Iceland are very important. And now we are six out of of nine points of that. So... Mm. Uh, I would
2: like to uh, point out that from last game that we said that it kind of seemed unfair that we had the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, what we didn't actually, what I didn't personally say, that last us were also unlucky in the Nations League. Yeah, that's true. We didn't really consider that. Uh, we didn't. We didn't really say that we played two games away from home when we were not supposed to play Mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. we had those tough times and what did we do we still won we still Mm. fought it doesn't matter even if we had lost we would still know that our players went there and showed what they could sometimes you have to push your luck again reference to Mourinho Uh, he said push your luck by the way he's a great manager I don't know if anyone's against (laughs) okay so (laughs) wanna go there (laughs) <laughs> well,
0: to to your point, Tito, that you were making, you, you were saying yeah. we were lucky because of the teams that we had to face. But in, in reality, if you want to get first or second place in any group, you need to win your home matches. You can't lose your home matches. So Agreed. we had our home match. Everyone, all the bookies, all the odds, everything, anyone who watches or even thinks about football looks at Romania versus Armenia and instantly their thought goes, OK, Romania, easy win, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, and that's what that's what it, it theoretically and that's what it should be, but that's not how reality works. And at this point, if we want to get second place in this group, which is very very obtainable, whenever we do go away to Iceland and go or go to away to Romania, three out of six points in those two away matches that we play in November, I believe, oh October, sorry, in October we go away to Iceland, followed by away to Romania. If we get three points in any of those six. I, we're we're gonna get top two, so mm-hmm. yeah, because no, it's a tough road.
3: What I wanted to say uh, that we were lucky with the first matches. It's that we played against Liechtenstein, that was our away match, yeah. but uh, we also got two home games against two um, complicated rivals. So that's what I'm saying because if we had our first game in Macedonia, for example, and the second game was against Germany mm-hmm. at home. Maybe we have uh, three, four points now. And that's why I'm saying, because everybody, everybody now is talking about Armenia because it's mm-hmm. crazy that we are at the top of the group. But that's what I'm saying.
2: But yes, look at it this you. way. Like we use the advantage, we use the adva- we we used it well. Yeah. We could have not. No, no used of it.
3: course, I'm not saying that we play bad or, or anything like yeah. that. I'm saying that we got lucky just uh, because everybody right now is saying, "What the fuck is going on in Group J? Why is Armenia on <laughs> first place mm-hmm. and Germany on third place?" Well, yeah. We have a, a great team. Uh, everybody's seeing now but we also got lucky about those games yeah yeah
1: and like, and, uh, wh- like we have to be aware we have to be self-aware yeah in, in exactly. a good way though well like,
0: when, the, when the when the strength- when the standings got sorry when the groups got released, Auman and I on this podcast we had a conversation about, uh the calendar and how and when we are playing who and i remember us coming to a general consensus that we actually really liked the way the games were laid out because we said if we win our first three games and then our next three games we go we're away to macedonia home to germany and then home uh, sorry away to germany and then home to Liechtenstein if we get six out of nine points there which is what we're anticipating, right? We win against Macedonia, win against Liechtenstein, lose to Germany, right? That's generally what we think is going to happen. Lose to yeah. Germany
1: with a good uh, with good individual displays that may showcase some Armenian
0: talent, maybe. But that's not even the point. My point is that <laughs> if that if that does happen, we'll be at fifteen points, and we'll still be first or second place. Like yeah. that's not going to be taken away from us. So yeah,
3: <clears throat> but it, it is it is a good thing that. The next match that we are going to play, uh, it's against Macedonia in Macedonia that I believe that we haven't won there. And uh, Never. We haven't won anywhere against anyone, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but what what I'm saying is that this team has confidence now and they are going with another mentality uh, yeah. to face this even, game. Even and also, game, I wanted to say it. that Germany uh, hasn't lost any away game in the World Cup qualifiers, but he lost uh, three games at home. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not I'm, that difficult. Of course, <laughs> it's Germany. And of course, we have <laughs> like a very little percentage of winning.
0: Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but it's there. I would take a draw. I would take a draw, guys. I wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't... What are you <laughs> of course. So. So
2: unfortunately, football is a beautiful game. Anything can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: But one thing that definitely did happen in this match, and I think is the biggest negative takeaway that we can take, is that Tigran Barserian, Bayramyan, and I believe Haroyan are all Mm -hmm. suspended for the game against Macedonia. So Mm -hmm. there's going to be some gaps that we're going to have to fill. Uh, Fortunately, we do have very good young talent. Uh, we have a a guy that we haven't even mentioned. We're in a, into this episode yet, Henrik Mukhtarian, who is supposed to come back into this team, and yeah. uh, and if uh, and we're very confident. I could say I think I speak on behalf of the group when I say that we really believe that if there's any manager that can make that Mukhtarian mystery Ooh. work. It's it'll be Kaparos. He'll figure it out. But despite not having Barcerian and Bayramian, we still have Mukhtarian. we still have Adamian, we still have Spertian, we have... Koryan uh, uh, that didn't come. Koryan yeah. that didn't yeah. come. We have Bichakchan who literally didn't even play didn't a minute. Play. <laughs> my, my boy didn't play. So we we can still... Um, I, I'm That's very it. confident in our oh, ability to go also, away to Macedonia and win. Adam... Another thing I
1: remembered, I, I was actually talking about this to, T- to Tito let, uh, last night. Uh, by the next window, not just all those players you just mentioned for the attack, we're also going to have an Edgar Babayan that's going to be playing in Paphos in Cyprus at a better yeah. level than he is now. Like we're going to have an actually useful Edgar Babayan again. E-
0: exactly. So it's, Yes, we're gonna have three players suspended, which is definitely gonna suck because it's an away game to Massena. But I, think, we, yeah. I, I, I think he is definitely the biggest loss. But mm-hmm. I think with the personnel that we have, if you okay, yes, Tigan Barsegian has easily been our best player. But oh, boo hoo, Henrik Mkhitaryan's coming in his place. Like you know, you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> we have yeah, five
2: players, six players who who didn't play or exactly. or fully fully did not contribute, and we also had. New players coming in and we also had some new players who didn't play. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have more uh, another player which we still don't know who's gonna join. Additions, and yeah, there is a highly likely that we're still gonna have more players who are gonna join soon. So by Plus, September,
0: yeah. by September, uh Briasco Balkan will be playing for AC Milan, you know? Like who five months. <laughs> five months. By the way, hey, if uh, we think
1: Caroyan, like Fair is fair. I mean, of course, all of us, I believe, agree that Haroyan's is gonna be the most sensitive uh, or sensible. I don't know. Uh, loss for the next game, mm-hmm. but uh, if Kaparos got Voskanyan to work, like hmm. anything's possible. Literally, Not anything's true. possible. Yeah, I, I was going it, to say. I was going to say that the
3: options that we have, the attacking options that we have, are insane. And, yeah, of course, the most uh, sensible loss is uh, Haruyan. And I don't know. We, of course, that we are going to have um, Boscanian playing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah. well, I mean, look, let's see. We still have Eric Simonian, who, unfortunately, due to injury, was uh, cut Was cut from the squad. We were excited about him. He's only 17. Yeah. Um, and we have Ishkhanian. We have Ishkhanian. Uh, don't ever mention Artur Danielan to me ever again, Armin, until he does <laughs> something relevant. Man, hope he does. <laughs> we have So we have people. Um, yeah. So Armenia and the first set of World Cup qualifying matches with three wins, zero draws, and zero losses. We have scored six goals in these three matches, and we conceded two, so we have a goal difference of plus four. So things are looking pretty, and... This table, as Joaquin Kaparo said uh, after the match, is something that can't be taken away from the Armenian people until at least September. So we have a very long time where we can stare at it and enjoy it.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> of now, course. Now, on to our um, a little few closing remarks. Uh, Football Gentron has a new partnership that we would like to announce with the Sweeper podcast. Yeah. What this is going to entail is every two to three months, we're going to be giving a mini two-minute update to uh, the boys at Sweeper, and they are going to be posting it on their social media about Armenian football. So we'll give them, depending on what's going on, so in a couple months' time, we'll probably do an update on the Armenian Premier League table, say who's going to Europe. You know, That's going to be something that we're going to be paying a lot of attention to next season. We can also highlight specific players. Or if it's national team time, we'll talk about the national team as we did with the one that was released today. Um, so just quick shout-out to Sweeper Podcast. Thank you guys for the opportunity. We are looking forward to working with you guys more. If you haven't already, drop them a follow, please. Um, and then, Chalentz, you have a message that you wanted to say, right? Yep. Uh, I think
2: looking at the way we, we played, uh, the results we brought, these past few days, it, it showed us how much as a nation we, we did so much, we, we fought so hard, we, we gave the best results that we could. And as it, as it is already, it's April and it's the, the month of uh, the recognition of the genocide and these kind of things. Um, it's also been like the five years of the war, uh, six months ago, another war, we're, we went through so much hardship that these games showed us from the Nations League, starting from the Nations League games until these last three games, showed us how much we're here to fight, and we're here for for the glory, not just survival, and we're we're going to give it uh, all our best.
0: Yeah, that's a very well said, Chaudhry. I think um, as as we have said before, I think we've joked about this previously. Uh, Armenia has been a nation that is has defended its its lands for a very long time from a number of invaders and um it's about time that we start attacking and we start winning and we're doing that on the football pitch where we think it belongs because we don't want to see mm-hmm. any more soldiers uh give up their lives because you know mm-hmm. it's it's a very tough loss enjoy with this beautiful game football and uh, thank you and a new segment uh, as part of our closing remarks, Anmen wants to start introducing an Armenian song of the day. We know that, um, and we are trying to get listeners that are not Armenian uh, across the world, and we also want to inject a cultural aspect, uh, an Armenian cultural aspect, into football again, Uh Anmen, take it away. Well, it's
1: going to be difficult after that uh this course, like the the speech, you guys told me not to cry, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how is that is possible, but I'm gonna try. You know, you do what you can. Uh, yeah. Basically, what we're trying to do here is uh, no one knows <laughs> what Armenia is, right? Uh, <laughs> I I believe that by now football fans around the world know Armenia, but because of Henry most most of the time. And depending on context, if you go to Italy, you speak to Italians, they're going to tell you Yuri you uh If you go to Russia, they're going to tell you Nikita Simonian. And that's about it. Uh, and yeah, if not the best, one of the best links to connect people, in my opinion, is music. So why not, you know? Uh, Armenian song of the day and really, really, really appropriate for today is gonna be uh, Yirakuin by Razmi Gamian that basically means uh, tricolour, tricolor and reference of course to our flag. And the lyrics are pretty much about how our nation's uh, history has endured so much and stands tall and uh, the flag and our people are actually a winner uh, type of nation because you can't survive this many hardships <laughs> and stay like who you truly are, stay true to your heritage without being a winner. So uh, enough defeated attitude, uh, enough uh, easy breaking uh, mentally, like Caparros's team, that doesn't break anymore. Uh, we need that. We need unity. We need uh, composure, what Caparros highlighted. And uh, yeah, we just <laughs> need to to be our best self. So whenever Adam takes it fit, thinks it fit, I, I, I'm awful <laughs> with tech. Everybody knows I'm awful with tech. So Adam, it's
0: all yours, baby. Well, on that note, thank you guys for joining today. This has been Football Gentron. We will be back in a couple weeks' time for our usual routine and maybe another episode of Future Stars. I think that could be in the, in the near future. Uh, until then, please stick around and enjoy Yerakuin by Razmik Amyan. I have been Adam on behalf of Charantz, Armin, and Tito.
4: Goodbye.